In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Amen. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God has shined. Our God shall come. Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Drop down ye heavens from above, and let the skies pour down righteousness. Let the earth open and bring forth salvation. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, who hast given thine only Son to die for our sins and to rise again for our justification, and hast given us the promise that he will come again, quicken us, we pray, by thy Holy Spirit, unto newness of life, that through the power of his resurrection we may dwell with Christ forever. Through the same Jesus Christ, thy beloved Son, our Lord. Amen. Grace and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God upon which our message is based is a portion of the Holy Gospel from last Sunday from Luke 21, beginning at verse 25. And there will be signs in sun and moon and stars and upon the earth distress of nations in perplexity at the roaring of the sea and the waves, men fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, look up and raise your head because your redemption is drawing near. And he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they come out in leaf, you see for yourselves and know that the summer is already near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away till all has taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. This is our text. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we pray for the guidance and the blessing of the Holy Spirit as we meditate upon the Holy Gospel. Help us to know that this is a great opportunity for us, this Advent season and these special services too, in which we could prepare our hearts, our minds, and lives for a God-pleasing celebration of Christmas and more, to be ready, ever ready, for the coming again of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his most holy name we pray. Amen. I've been told that certain people who play cards have an interesting expression which they sometimes use. They don't use it after every hand that's played, but particularly when they have a winning hand which they eventually reveal to their opponents. We sometimes hear them say, read them and weep. Like many other expressions in life, so with this one, it has spilled over into other areas and other situations of life, but usually with the same connotation. When all the facts 
pertaining to a given situation are revealed, as for example, when a financial statement for a failing business is presented, or perhaps a higher than anticipated estimate for some particular commodity or service is shown, we'll hear someone in the group say, read them and weep. So I'm sure that we understand the point. The figures we see are a certain type of sign, good, bad, or indifferent, whether on playing cards, a financial statement, an estimate, or whatever. The figures tell us if we have reason to cry, that is, to weep, or quite possibly if we have reason to rejoice. I believe that we can make a worthy application of the expression I've mentioned as we shift our thoughts and our emphasis to the spiritual realm, thinking especially of the message of our Lord Jesus Christ as related in the Holy Gospel for last Sunday, a portion of which is our text tonight. He gives us something to think about. He gives us, in typical fashion, a clear illustration. He chooses nature. We know all about nature. We understand all about nature, or at least we purport to know and to understand. And just prior to giving that particular illustration from nature, he mentioned certain other signs chaotic signs, we might say, which will signal the end of the world. And the gist of what Jesus is saying is that in the same way that we know about the changes in the seasons of the year, from what we observe in nature, so from abnormal occurrences in nature, which he mentions, consternations in the heavens, chaotic, sun, the moon, and the stars in distress, he says in that way we'll know that the end of all things is at hand. Your redemption is drawing nigh. I suppose we could point out that the change of season, leaves appearing on the trees, heralding the advent of summer, is a phenomenon that we have learned from experience. And there isn't one among us who doesn't know what the appearance of leaves on a tree means. It means that summer is at hand. So far as the general chaos in the heavens, the disruption of the normal course of the sun, the moon, and the stars, heralding the advent, the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and that's what it's going to mean, well, for that we have to take our Lord's word. We have not experienced that. We've never seen that. It's going to happen once. It's going to happen at the end of time, time known only to God. I say we have to take our Lord's word that that's going to happen. He's the one that draws the parallel. He says, you understand this. It means thus and so. He says, well, when you see this happening, this is what it means. I heartily recommend of course, that we always take our Lord's word. We're safe in doing it. But mind you, our Lord Jesus is not giving us an illustration. 
simply for illustration's sake. He's telling of a definite future event, a future event which will affect and involve every person who ever lived, every one of us here, everyone who preceded us on this earth, and everyone who will follow us. A future event which will be announced by certain signs plainly visible to all, but not necessarily plainly understood by all. We've asked the question before, might be good for us to ask it again, particularly in light of this text. Do you believe in signs? Signs in the sense that we're using the term here. I can say to you, I surely hope that you do. And why? Because it's entirely within the realm of possibility that during our lifetime, the Lord may set those signs before us. And if that should happen, we and everyone else who is living on this earth at that time will be given one of two choices as pertains to the signs and what they mean. Read them and weep or rejoice. And I might just say that based upon what the Word of God teaches, I have every confidence that there will be weeping like we've never seen or even imagined, described by our Lord in part with the words, men fainting with fear and foreboding of what is coming on the world, for the powers of heaven will be shaken. One of the things that I would like to stress about this portion of the Word of God, not trying to argue anyone into believing because that's not my role. I couldn't do it. But I would like to stress the certainty of what we're being told. It's not as if this were something that might happen. It could possibly happen. It's not something that could go either way. And so, because it might go either way, we'd better take a few precautions just in case. There is no uncertainty whatever regarding what our Lord Jesus is telling us in these words of the Holy Gospel. He's telling us in so many words that these things are definitely going to happen. And that being the case, it seems obvious that the better part of wisdom is to be prepared, prepared in the only way that will count when the time comes, prepared spiritually. One of the conclusions I've come to is that God's message is not getting through. Whether people are not really listening and believing or the message of the end time is not being presented properly or clearly, and that's always a distinct possibility, or for some reason there's a kind of credibility gap between what God is saying and what his people and others will believe. Nonetheless, it appears that God's message is not getting through. Each person, of course, would have to answer for himself or herself as to his 
attitude is conviction concerning what the Lord says about his coming again. Coming again with power and great might, coming again to judge all mankind, the quick and the dead, as we confess. Maybe I'm wrong, but it would seem to me that if God's message was getting through, we'd see more signs of it among us. Thinking especially of seeing those signs among the so-called household of faith. The words and actions of most of the people that I meet would suggest that there's always going to be a tomorrow. I don't advocate the abandonment of our normal earthly pursuits, doing those things we have to do to have bread on our table, making the necessary preparations for ourselves in the event that we should live to retirement. But when these things and others become the whole focal point of our existence, our reason for living, and to the end that a deaf ear is turned to God, when he speaks words of exhortation, admonition, warning, call them what you will, it's then, I say, that we really have a spiritual problem. The scriptures give us many good and useful examples from which we could learn very much. I often think back to the time of Noah. It's not as if God's message of the impending flood was a closely guarded secret known only to a very, very small group of people, namely Noah and his family. They shared the message with the curious, the ones who gawked at the ark, the ones who said, hey, Noah, what are you doing with the big boat? Going fishing? What's the big boat doing out there in the middle of nowhere where there isn't any water? And Noah told them. You know what their answer to him was. You gotta be kidding. You can't sail a boat on dry land. Doesn't look to us like there's gonna be enough water around to sail that big thing. You're a fool. Again, I say, it isn't that the message was not known to more people. To everyone who asked, the answer was given. And can you believe that when that answer was given, it was kept with the person who got the answer? I doubt that very much. It was shared with everybody. Go see what that crazy man is doing. And his son's right along with him. They're all daffy. You also know what happened to those people, don't you? The time came when all the signs of God were displayed and all that most could do was read them and weep. Noah and his family, for themselves, were able to rejoice. See, that was one promise that God gave. And he kept it. He's kept all the others, too. 
And I have every confidence he's going to keep the promise about his son's coming again. About as often as I hear the words of our Lord Jesus in tonight's text, and sometimes in between, I think of what the great apostle Peter wrote in his second letter, the third chapter. He warned a lot, as did other holy writers, against false teachers and false prophets. And he also emphasized, this is Peter, that in the last days, scoffers would come. People who were wrapped up in the pleasures and pastimes of this world. People who have heard the word of God, like a lot of our people who are wrapped up in the pleasures and pastimes of this world. But people who could care less when the Lord says, get ready. Get ready, because I'm coming again. Peter says that these people will mock and ridicule the word of the Lord. You know you don't always do that in words. Sometimes you do it by your actions. Think of the meaning to the third commandment. About deliberately despising preaching and the word. But it's this kind of thing about which Peter writes, scoffers, rejecting, laughing at, ridiculing the word of the Lord, and particularly the promise, the certainty of the end. He says the typical of their remarks will be these. Where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, our predecessors, our ancestors, they heard all of that nonsense too. They lived and died and it didn't happen. He said, ever since then, all things have continued as they were from the beginning of creation. I've heard people make that kind of comment, haven't you? question is, how about you? Do you think everything is the same now as it was in the beginning? Or do you suppose that something has changed? I'd say that for a quick and easy answer, and it's only one of many that are available, all any of us has to do is take a good, honest look in a mirror. Jesus says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Take a look at that third chapter of St. Peter's second letter. He's got something to say about this, about this word of the Lord, the creative word, the living word, the word of life, the word of power, power of God. And what he says is that that word which God spoke and brought about creation as we know it is the same word that will see the end of all creation. 
With that, he says, and the judgment and destruction of ungodly men. All of these things are going to happen, thus says the Lord. If you remember the Holy Gospel from which our text was taken, perhaps you'll recall some well-chosen advice from our Lord Jesus himself. Advice calling us to spiritual preparedness, constant, continuous spiritual readiness. He couldn't be clearer in saying that some are going to be caught off guard, in large part because that day will come upon us suddenly as a snare. When we least expect it, the day of the Lord will come. But what does Jesus recommend? We heard it in the gospel tonight. We heard it in the gospel lesson last Sunday. Two key words are watchfulness and prayer. Read other portions and what do you hear from the word of God? Indulge yourselves indeed. Not in the world. Get the L out of it and indulge yourselves in the word and sacrament. Fill the house of God with rejoicing, thankful people that God in his grace has thus spoken to them. Make the most of the spiritual gifts and blessings God has given. That's what Jesus recommends. A few minutes ago as we began, I said something about playing cards, the expression that some people use. As we know, there's sometimes a little or there's sometimes a lot of bluffing when people play cards or other games. I pray God that you will know and believe that in this vital matter that really does impinge upon you, in this vital matter concerning the coming again of our Lord Jesus Christ, know and believe God is not bluffing. In due time, in his own appointed time, the time known only to him, God will reveal his hand. He'll play it and believe it. All the signs will be there. And you and everyone else will do one of two things. Read them and weep or rejoice. May God help you to rejoice. Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.